Hi, thanks for downloading the next chapter of The Butcher. I just wanted to let you know that if you want to buy the full audiobook at a discounted price, you can head over to nathanburrows.com forward slash audio. Alternatively, you can buy a full price copy at any audiobook store. The Butcher is also available on Kindle Unlimited, ebook and print format, all via Amazon. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy the story. Chapter 6 Tom paced in the kitchen of the farmhouse, wondering where Frank was. The kitchen was only about ten steps across, and if it weren't for the flagstones, Tom would have worn a path in the floor. He reached the end of the kitchen, touched the wall with the palm of his hand, and turned to pace in the opposite direction. As he reached the large wooden table in the middle of the room, he paused and looked at the bottle of whisky in a tumbler on the placemat. When he had grabbed the bottle less than half an hour ago, it had been unopened, and now it was a third empty. But drinking it hadn't calmed Tom's nerves at all. If anything, it had made them worse. Tom stared at the bottle, nibbling at the skin by the side of his fingernails, trying to decide whether to have another sip before Frank came back. He knew that Frank would be annoyed to see that Tom had been drinking, especially as it wasn't even six o'clock in the evening. But given that there was a body in one of the pig sheds, Frank would be annoyed about a lot more than his brother having a couple of fingers of whisky. Leaving the bottle where it was, Tom set off towards the far wall. He could feel his heart thumping, and he really needed Frank to come home. He would know what to do. He always did. When they were younger, the mother always said that Frank had the brains and Tom had the brawn. It wasn't until he was a teenager Tom realised that Frank actually had both. Shit, 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 hurry up, Frank, he muttered under his breath before touching the wall, turning round and setting back again. He pulled his phone from his pocket to see if Frank had texted him or tried to call, but there wasn't any signal. The thick stone walls of the farmhouse saw to that. He wandered over to the kitchen window and held the phone out towards the glass, waiting for the single bar of reception he knew he'd be able to pick up there. Nothing. Shit, he repeated. Shit, shit. He thumbed at the screen of his mobile to start the Find Me app. Both Tom and Frank had the same app that showed their locations. It was a safety thing, Frank had told Tom, just in case there was an accident on the farm. Well, there had been an accident, and the app wasn't much help now. According to Tom's screen, Frank was somewhere in the middle of the North Sea. Several minutes and a few more fingers of whiskey later, Tom jumped when he heard the familiar sound of Frank's Range Rover pulling up outside the farmhouse. He took a couple of large steps towards the table and managed to drink another couple of inches straight from the bottle before the door flew open and Frank burst into the room. What's going on, Tom? Frank said, the urgency in his voice making it tremble. He stared at Tom, who looked back at him with wild eyes. Frank noticed the bottle on the table, its contents still moving from when Tom had slammed it back down on the table. Jesus, have you been drinking? You have, you stupid man. A a accident, Tom said, pointing with his index finger towards the general direction of the pig sheds. He stared at his fingernail, realising it was bleeding. There's been an accident. Tom didn't stammer often. Not since he'd been in school. But when he was really wound up, it came back with a vengeance. Yes, you said that on the phone, Frank said. Who's had an accident? You said someone died, is that right? Tom's head nodded up and down. 
yeah, yes, yes. Tom stopped nodding, feeling nauseous. Who? One of the workers. What? One of the illegals? Frank asked. Tom nodded again, less violently this time. His eyes followed Frank as his brother walked over to one of the cupboards and fetched another tumbler. Frank returned to the table and poured himself a generous measure. He looked up at Tom and raised his eyebrows. Yes, please, Tom said. Need to pee. Tom heard Frank mutter something as he walked out of the kitchen. A few minutes later, Tom returned and took a seat opposite Frank at the kitchen table. Frank was drawing his finger over one of the many scars on the tabletop. It was a proper farmhouse table, and Tom knew it would sell for a fortune on one of those artisan shite websites. He looked into it a while ago, but he'd never done anything about it. So, Tom, Frank said in a quiet voice, why don't you have a sip of your drink and tell me what happened? Nice and slowly, OK? Tom picked up his glass and took a delicate sip of whisky, just to prove to Frank that he could. He could have drained the glass in one go, but from Frank's expression, Tom knew this wouldn't be a good idea. Frank had got his calm face on. It often preceded Frank's irritated face, which almost always became Frank's really fucking angry face pretty soon afterwards. Tom put his glass down and crossed his hands on the table, willing them to stop shaking. Well, I was on the farm sorting out the pigs, feeding them and that, you know, Tom said. Frank just nodded in reply. They'd all had lunch and then... Hang on, Tom, who had lunch? The pigs or the illegals? Well, both, but I'm not talking about the pigs. I'm talking about the workers that Marco dropped off. Fire them all together but four of them ran off. I was going to get to that bit, Tom said. OK, sorry. So, there's only one dead one then? Tom nodded in reply to Frank's question. Yeah, just one. Oh, well, that's OK then. Just one dead illegal immigrant on our farm? Frank frowned as he took a sip from his tumbler. Tom looked at him for a few seconds before continuing. So, they all had their lunch, the immigrants I mean, and I was about to load them up to take them to do the mucking out when a right transit van appears. They all go bananas, start shrieking at each other and all that. Then they just turned round and did one towards the woods. Tom paused, staring at his brother whose face was flitting between calm and irritated. Except one. The dead one, Tom said. When did he die? Frank asked, his frown deepening. He's not dead yet. He will be in a bit. But at the moment he's still running through the fields. Tom thought for a second before putting his hand on the table. So here's the van, he said, nodding at his hand. And here's the illegals. He put his other hand down. The van's coming this way. He moved one hand across the table before starting to move the other hand in the opposite direction. And they're all running this way, towards the woods. But the dead one's got a gammy leg and he can't run proper. Tom's eyes flashed around the tabletop as he wondered what he could use to demonstrate to Frank how far the immigrant who couldn't run had got. It's OK, Tom, I get it, Frank said. I get it so far. There was a pause. Who was in the van? Your mate, Mick. Mick? Yeah, Mick. Who the fuck is Mick? 
Frank said. Tom sat back in his chair. He didn't like it when Frank swore. Uh, Mick, he's the bloke that does the bores and gets there. Tom's voice faltered. He wasn't quite sure how to explain it to Frank. So he made a masturbating gesture with his hand and wrist. You know, their stuff. Mike. His name's Mike, not Mick. How long have you bloody known him for? Frank said, nodding. Mike was one of the few mates Frank had in the area, and they'd been friends for years. So, what happened to the one with the gammy leg anyway? Frank asked. He'd fell over, so me and Mick, sorry Mike, went to pick him up. Poor bloke had fallen arse over elbow right in the shit. He was covered in it. And none of his mates was anywhere to be seen. We got him cleaned up as best we could, and I left him by the tractor while Mike did the thing with Boris, you know. Tom made the same gesture with his hands. Then Mike went off in his van with his jam jar, and I went into the shed to show the one with the gammy leg how to clean the pens out. But I told him not to open the door to Boris's pen. I did tell him, Frank. Tom could feel his voice wavering. You told him? Frank asked. Tom looked at his brother's angry face. Yeah, I told him three or four times not to open it. How was his English? Well, he was a foreign. Did he speak any English at all, Tom? No, of course not. Like I said, he was a foreign. At this, Frank groaned and put his head in his hands. So, I went off to fill up the water, leaving Gammy Leg to do the floor. When I got back, well, I thought he disappeared, gone after his mates or something. Then I saw his foot. I think it was a normal foot, not the dodgy one. It was kind of, well, kind of sticking out from under Boris. I've never seen a ball smile, but I swear he was looking at me with a bloody grin in his snout. Anyhow, I went in there, thwacked Boris on the arse to shift him, and pulled the poor bugger out. He was definitely dead, Frank asked Tom. Uh, you've seen the size of Boris? Besides, I think Boris was maybe a bit peckish after his, well, after him and Mike had, you know... Tom stopped speaking, and the two brothers sat in silence for a few seconds. What do you mean, peckish? Frank asked. He was hungry. Jesus, Tom, I know what the word means, Frank said, rolling his eyes. What did Boris do? He, um. Tom pointed at his face. He had a bit of a nibble of the poor bloke's face. He ate his face? Yeah. Boris ate his face. Well, most of it, Tom said. He left an ear. Sweet Jesus, Frank muttered, taking another sip of whiskey. Come on then, he said as he got to his feet. Let's go and have a look. Hi again, Nathan Burrows here. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder, if you're interested in buying the full audiobook, head to nathanburrows.com forward slash audio or any audiobook store.